Oh, yeah. All right. Well, welcome to the Love That Neighbor Podcast Network. It's your host, Anthony Wilson. And I'm back again with um, a good friend from far away. <laughs> and he'll tell you where he's at um, in a few minutes. But thank you for watching. And hopefully uh, you guys have been enjoying the content. We've been putting out a lot of stuff lately. Um, this was uh, going to be a live episode, but we'll just do it the old-fashioned way. You guys will get, get this episode when it drops. So if you're listening via podcast, uh, Apple, Spotify, uh, please make sure you subscribe and follow. If you're watching this on YouTube, uh, make sure you like, subscribe, and join the channel. Join the channel. It helps us out a lot. Um, you can contribute to the channel. That helps us out a lot. Um, if uh, you are able to click on the live chat, you can go into the live chat and make comments as this uh, as this video or podcast uh, audio is going forth. And so thank you again so much for your support. Love you guys. Praying for you. Keep praying for us. Let's get into this episode. So I want to welcome a good friend uh, from far, far away. <laughs> um, <laughs> my good friend, missionary, pastor, uh, just cool guy. <laughs> oh, whoa. Hey, don't. Lucas Swisher. What's going on, brother? <laughs> don't set me up too high now. You're getting these expectations. And I'm a really cool guy. <laughs> and after 10, 10 minutes or so, they're going to be like, this guy, is he really cool? <laughs> no, it's it's going great. And and Anthony, it is fantastic to be with you again. Um, this this at second episode was a long time in the making. We had uh, a little bit of struggle, you know, giving people, giving the people a peek behind the curtain. You know, it's uh, it's not always easy to coordinate schedules in life, especially when you're in another hemisphere, being yeah. as I'm in Brazil. Um, I think there's two hours between us. And I know for me, I usually try to keep track of my friend's time zone so that I don't mess with them because I know how confusing it can get. So once I got in my head, you were in Colorado and that time zone, I was like, okay, I got two hours you know, between us and, and just the past few weeks, month, however long it's been, it just, life happens, stuff yeah. happens. And, uh, between you going to the dentist and, yeah. uh, <laughs> me overbooking myself with podcasting or ministry stuff or whatever, like we just couldn't match it up, but you know what? Fifth time's a charm. We did it. Yeah. We're, we're, we're here now and we're going to, um, enjoy some conversation and hopefully those listening, you guys enjoyed it as well because uh, you'll probably have to really search back to find this first interview that we did because it's been like you said a year almost year and a half maybe yeah <laughs> i think know? so yeah a year and a half that we did that interview and things uh haven't changed too much um i mean we're um not in a lockdown <laughs> yeah that's true There's some freedom since the last time we talked you know to to go and 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 you know people have you know gotten vaccines i mean I, I, when i think back to when we did that interview the world was actually different <laughs> it was very different a lot a lot has changed you since know, then i remember talking to you about you know even people coming to brazil I think you were saying it was like six weeks or something, you know, they had to wait before they can even try to come into the country or leave or I, I can't remember what it was, but it was kind of hard to get over there 
because yeah. you know you you had to be vaccinated you, and there wasn't any vaccine just quite yet <laughs> right you know man definitely was a different world well how is uh how are things going how's the family how's work how's life going in brazil these days <laughs> all right well like you said anthony a lot's changed um I'm trying to think back, you know, we've all, my whole family and I have gotten vaccinated. Uh, we actually went to the U.S. once, I think, since the last time we, wow. we talked, got to visit family. It was actually the first time since living in Brazil. We've been here for the past 10 years as missionaries. It was the first time that we actually went home just for vacation to wow. visit family. We didn't do any kind of church tours or, you know, raise awareness or whatever. We just enjoyed our family, enjoyed being in the U.S. I mean, as much as we could, given it was winter. And uh, I don't remember if I told you the last time we recorded together, but I am not a fan of the cold. And it, <laughs> no, you it makes sense why I am where I am. You know, <laughs> you, you talking about you're in Colorado. I'm like, I am willing to visit you, Anthony, like three months out of the year. I would totally go see you meet your family, hang out. But those other nine months, sorry, man, I just can't, just can't. You got snow on mountains and you got, you got beautiful, you got beautiful landscape. As but, I was going to uh, say, it looks beautiful, right? <laughs> it looks beautiful. And you know, when I was a kid, I loved the snow. I loved the cold. Oftentimes that meant I didn't have to go to school, play outside, making snowmen, snowball fights, etc. But when I became an adult, I started driving in the snow. Uh, I started dealing with heating bills as an adult and now being in Brazil, where majority of people don't have insulation, they don't have central heating. Um, so the temperature outside very often is the same temperature inside. inside. So <laughs> that we have concrete walls and windows to block the airflow. So you can kind of control by opening and closing your windows. But eventually, if it stays cold for a suspended, uh, not suspended, for a consistent, uh, you know, for days, your house temperature drops. drops. And let me tell you, 60 degrees inside of a house is not fun. There's no <laughs> escape. You can cover yourself in blankets. You can, I mean, we have space heaters that we use that help, but man, it, it's, it can, your perspective really changes when you're, when you're in a different condition, different uh, ambiance as it were. So yeah. When, <clears throat> when there's actually no central heating and you know, that luxury that we have. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's totally different. But, uh, yeah, with, with my family and I getting back on track, I, we, you didn't invite me on here to talk about, you know, weather and Brazilian <laughs> lack of insulation and central air. Um, the family and I are doing pretty well. We've, uh, you know, it, it was not a fast change for us in terms of, you know, outside of getting vaccinated, visiting the U.S., seeing how different it was in the U.S. compared to Brazil, like Brazil was much more conservative in terms of their steps back to normal life. Um, I would say for the most part, life is, has gotten back to the new normal, uh, you know, in public transit and different hospitals, people still are expected to wear masks. Um, a majority of people are vaccinated. Uh, I don't think there are, there are, of course, much like in the U.S., there are arguments and political aspects of the vaccine, but for the most part, it's, it's a little more chill, I would say, here in Brazil when it comes to that. Uh, and with my family and I, we've been, we've been taking steps in the right direction. You know, um, I want to say uh, this year I had 
um, a mission trip, uh, a mission group come in June and July from Oklahoma, which was the first since 2019. It wow. was it was great. I had to definitely shake the rust off, you know, in my <laughs> ministry and the things I do as a pastor and missionary. Um, really, I I I try to pastor both sides of mission projects and trips. So I I coordinate mission trips between Brazilians with Brazilians and Americans. And even I could with other countries, but I don't have a, a whole lot of personal contacts with other countries. But Americans coming to Brazil is the most common one I've done in the past. And that kind of cross-cultural just collision is one of my favorite things to experience. It's my favorite atmosphere from which to teach, to encourage people in their spiritual growth. Um, I often said during this last mission project that we were just practicing for heaven and we were increasing the amount of people that we're going to recognize when we walk through those pearly gates, as they're called. Um, we're going to see familiar faces. I, one of the things that I mentioned in one of our uh, despedidas, one of our going away parties, uh, which actually brought some of us to tears was um, I talked about how when we get to heaven, it's kind of like, you know, you get into a, a go to a party by yourself and you walk in and there's nothing like that, that, that joy and relief when you see somebody, you know, and I talked about how now these Americans that came, these Brazilians that hosted them, uh, when we get to heaven, you're going to walk into the party and you're going to see each other and know each other and get to hang out for the rest yeah. of eternity. And that was just such a powerful moment. And that's like the moments that I live for and why I do missions because we really, there's no reason to wait till we're dead and we're in heaven to, <laughs> to, to intermix with other cultures and get to know other cultures and learn their perspectives and, and practice languages, you know, like singing in English, Portuguese, and Spanish all at the same time. At the same time, wow. Can be crazy and can be messy if you don't, <laughs> you're not used to it. But at the same time, it's, it's so rich and, and wonderful. So that's been a blast to do that again. Uh, I actually here in a, a day, I'm going to be traveling to a, a further inland and going to a city called Murungaba that's going to be receiving a, a church, a small group of six people from Bel Air, Maryland. And mm. they're going to be wow. doing a vision mission trip, which is pretty much a getting to know you mission trip, setting up a long term relationship. So uh, it's exciting. It's yeah, exciting. We're, we're definitely going to get into kind of the nuts and bolts of that exchange and you know, how somebody, you know, would plan a mission trip or yeah, you know, how that for sure. Work. We're going to, we're going to get into that before we get into that. I do want to take a quick sidebar. Okay. So you have, uh, when I met you, you were doing a podcast, uh, called good morning God. Yep. And that podcast actually came from another podcast project that you were doing called good the good morning guys maybe yep that's right uh, okay and so you got it <laughs> and so that podcast is still going and yeah. you guys do some interesting stuff on there now i know you're not always on there but you know right. you're 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 on there pretty often and just recently i i had uh, uh caught the episode where you guys were talking about um some tv shows you guys talk about tv shows games right. i don't know comic Life. books I don't, this stuff <laughs> it's yeah. just really just really stuff kind of share you know how how that blends with what you do 
How, how does, oh, great. How do you, That's how a great that question. Yeah, because I, I think it's really fun when I, when I, you know, checked out some of the episodes, like these guys are having fun, right? You know, right. So well, how does that play into or how does that blend with what you do? So the whole the whole podcasting scene and probably I can't remember if I talked about the good morning guys. Uh, I know I talked about good morning God because that's how we got connected. Yeah, um, was through was through that podcast that is currently dormant, but it is not gone. So okay. I'm I'm bringing it back. You're my account accountability partner with that. <laughs> okay. So I appreciate you bringing that back and reminding me that I've been a slacker when it comes to that. I actually have recorded an episode and I just haven't done the finishing touches to then post it. Um, To me, the easy part is just coming up with, you know, just kind of allowing God to speak through me and the ideas and just put them out there. It's the, it's the finer points, the, the editing and cutting and the putting it all together and then posting it is where I ride the struggle bus. But yeah. um, To answer your question directly, I apologize. I have a tendency to, to talk around questions and then finally answer the question eventually <laughs> when the spirit leads. Um, uh, the really the way that the the good morning guys, the community that we we have, uh, focusing a lot on the game of life and the games we love to watch and play is pretty much what we is like one of our slogans uh, that we we do. We always start out our episodes talking about our update, what's been going on. And then we also share our joiners, which are what we call our listeners. Uh, We share what's going on with them and talk about it. Um, And then usually we have a follow-up, a mini episode that talks about She-Hulk or talks about Marvel, talks about video games, whatever. And the the area in which this kind of intersects with ministry, with pastoring, um, with, with, with missions is that one, we interact with people all over the world. Um, we build a relationship with a variety of people who come and listen and they don't just passively listen, but they interact, they give feedback. You know, they have those, we get more of those moments where, oh, I'm, I'm watching that show too, or I'm playing that game too. And, and you kind of have this intersection point to where you can then continue the conversation and talk about other things. Um, I'll be honest and say that there are times where, uh, especially because we record kind of late at night that I'm not always on my a game and I can be kind of silly, sillier than I, I want to be. I sometimes lack in the, the seriousness or, you know, but at the same time, it's, it's more privately where I'm praying with people, where I'm, uh, encouraging people. Um, I kind of save, save that for the, the behind the scenes stuff. That's not on the podcast, not on purpose, but just it, I don't want to force anything. And there are times when I will bring up God, I will bring up the Bible, I will bring up something that intersects with me as a missionary or whatever in, in what we're talking about, especially in some of the shows and video games that we've experienced that where I see a clear message and want to share, connect it to God. I definitely do that uh, often. But um, the community building, the, the getting an in on the lives of some people that would not even come close to a church that would not even give a Christian the time of day to talk about God with them. Uh, this is, it's kind of like my inn. It's my hanging out and partying with sinners and, you know, quote unquote sinners, like just, you know, what the Pharisees accuse Jesus of doing. Like, that's what I'm, it's not the main reason I do it. It's I, I enjoy those things and I enjoy just being around people. I'm not, I'm not like trying to force some kind of like artificial digital evangelism. Right. Uh, right. I want it to come naturally. I want it to right. come 
through relationship. And so um, that's, that's really where it intersects best is you have these people that they don't want to plug into the world of church or the world of religion, but they'll plug into video games. They'll plug into entertainment. And unfortunately we will say you're spending too much time doing that. That's an idol, et cetera. But if I can be plugged into it enough to where I can help relate and, and draw them back or connect them to God or see, Hey, you see that game you played? That's talking about this kind of concept or this idea, right? you know, or just, you know, you hang out with people long enough, they're eventually going to share their lives. And it's kind of like a parallel thing. Like we game together, we talk about stuff together and then something happens in their life and then they just share about it. And then I can respond in uh, a, a deeper, more genuine way than maybe the world would respond where they'd be like, you know what, it'll, it'll work out. Um, it'll be fine. You know, people just kind of throw in their cliches and, and I try not to do that. Like I pray with people, I get to pray with people that maybe wouldn't pray. Um, the other day, someone was struggling financially and I got to, you know, bless them financially and then also talk with them and share Christ with them and witness to them and just share how Christ uh, offers freedom from, you know, that kind of stuff in terms of not having to live and die by your circumstances or not that I'm doing some kind of like name it, claim it right. blessings from right. on high for, course, yeah. you know, you ask God and he will fill that bank account. That is not right. the direction I'm going, <laughs> but yeah. So that's just a, a very long answer to uh, how it all connects. And uh, no, no, yeah. I think, it, I think it, it really helps to kind of shape that because I, I have a friend who is um, a pastor and a gamer. And so he has a gaming channel and, yeah. you know, and, and I would talk with him about it. I said, you know, well, gamers need Jesus too. And so, you know, in your, you know, love for gaming, you have a great opportunity to reach out to people who may not ever <laughs> come through the church doors or may not ever have a real discussion about Jesus, but through your gaming channel and they have access to your discord, they can right. have conversations with you, you know, and they can share like, well, Hey, you're a pastor. What does that mean? Or what? And, and he's had amazing opportunities to share Christ with them through mm -hmm. gaming, you know, and yeah. most people would not take that seriously. Right. But right. it's, it's, it's definitely um, a mission field. It's definitely a place where, you know, people would be curious to have that conversation in, in their own environment where they're not, you know, kind of made to feel <laughs> like a sinner, you know, that right. Just, yeah, yeah. It's just regular. We both like gaming and well, how are you a gamer and what does God mean to you and, and have that whole conversation. And so I, I thought it was interesting because I don't think we talked about that um, last time um, because I didn't know as much about um the good morning guys you had mentioned it but i had yeah. you know over the last couple of years i've gotten to you know check out some episodes and you know some you know see what 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 you guys do and so i thought it would be a great way to kind of let people see the other side you know because yeah missionary they think okay he's always about the gospel he's always about you know church he's always about something spiritual but you know as pastors and leaders um we have our little things that we that we do we watch tv we you know watch netflix we watch <laughs> you know you know yeah it's 
we're regular people, even though we've devoted ourselves um, to something that's much bigger than ourselves. And that's this gospel uh, of Jesus Christ, which is about eternity. And like you yep. said, um, that, you know, it's not a, a gimmick. It's actually the way that we live our life. And, but there's other parts of our life, you know, that right. we're still that person, but I enjoy going to the movies, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. That, to me, it's all about, uh, it's, it's all about, uh, where Paul writes about reconciliation, like bringing reconciliation. We want to bring reconciliation to people. Of course, we want to reconcile friends, family, our neighbor, uh, to Christ and to do our part to love, love them, care for them, be salt and light. But I think there's opportunity and obviously there's limits and obviously there's, there's lines that we have to be careful with when we, when we cross and, and, you know, there's, there's unhealthy practices, um, you know, in the realms, especially with what we're talking about with gaming, with, you know, people that are addicted to Netflix right. and, uh, <laughs> but we're, we're, we're trying to bring redemption to that, to the point where at least there's some portion of it to where it's like, you know what, that, that has, uh, that has a message that we can capitalize on that we can look at. And, and maybe it's not just like a, you know, God's truth kind of message. It's like a message of the struggle we have as humanity or, or how we can be, you know, there's like games like God of War and uh, Bioshock Infinite, two games that are about being a better father and sacrificing for your children that people on paper would look at it and be like, that's a violent game or that's a, what's <laughs> right. weird. And it's like, well, it is. And, and visually, if you're not used to that, it is weird. But in some of them are on the level of books, like in terms of their depth of story and message. And so getting, getting to kind of talk about that, but also then run it parallel to God as our father, you know, is just, mm, it's, it's really, it's, it's redemptive ministry and it's really uh really fun and really awesome when that all kind of clicks and the holy spirit guides you know what you're talking about what you're experiencing so yeah so yeah definitely uh definitely and and i I thought it would be a great a great way to bring up and actually let people see that that other side because we're gonna we're gonna dive into you know missions part of this um Mm -hmm. and so um, with COVID kind of shut down a lot of mission trips coming your way. And so, you, you know, you said, well, you basically had to shake the dust off and the rust off right? <laughs> you oh, know, yeah. to receive um, this new group. And so how did that go? You know, kind of walk us through how, you know, how that, that trip uh, went with them coming in and were there any hangups? Were there any struggles where they're in, you know, give us some, some highs, lows, some. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would say that of, you know, how it pretty much went. I, I started in this position officially in 2017. I had unofficially been doing this kind of mission project, mission trip um, focus off and on uh, in the first, uh, I guess it would have been the first five years I was here. Um, I mainly focused on teaching English in those first five years where in the cities that we lived in. Um, but then in 2017, 2018 shifted the focus to this and, um, each year leading up 2017, 
we had one trip. 2018, we had two. 2019, we had three trips. And I was like, yeah, look at this. Every year we're, we're growing, right, we're building. Right. And then, you know, <laughs> 2020 hits and it's just like, it just <laughs> right. all, you know, for the whole world, uh, obviously. Well, I was definitely not alone in that. And some people adjusted well, some people didn't. I did not adjust well. I'm going to just be honest. Um, I appreciate those who, like, I know uh, the, the ministry I'm a part of. Uh, well, the church I'm a part of is the Church of the Nazarene. The ministry I'm a part of is called Work and Witness. It's kind of like the idea of doing a good work for God while also sharing your testimony yeah. and sharing the gospel. Um, other Work and Witness coordinators uh, throughout the world, there were some others who started doing zoom or digital work and witness trips hmm. and i still don't exactly know how they worked but they yeah. made them work <laughs> like they had they had people on the zoom of different cultures and had conversations translation wow. um it was more of a relational thing which i appreciated but i just never got off the ground with doing that i really tried to focus on just sustaining some kind of local ministry uh at least in the first year and then that even struggled and fizzled out to the point where we just we kind of lost our momentum. Uh, but then fast forward to now, 2022, we had the first group come, uh, and they're from a college in a university in Oklahoma called Southern Nazarene University. And it was actually the, the best first group to have back because they already have training. They already do things to prepare the students, the college-age right, students right. to come. And so in that respect, it was, it was a high because I didn't really have to, outside of like, you know, connecting with my work sites, what we were going to do, where we were going to do it, planning the calendar, the, the making some kind of, you know, budget that, uh, that definitely became a low later on. Um, it, it, it went pretty seamlessly like hmm. the setup and the, nice. the going to, because they did their stuff on their end. I had my stuff on my end. It was like riding a bike. We went right back on it. Um, but one thing that was definitely a low, uh, for me, was just I did not uh, I did not adjust the financial side of things very well in terms of by the second of three weeks I had I had just totally used up all the funds wow. like I had I had used up all the main funds uh, just and, it, and mainly it was because of gas like like renting church vans yeah. driving those vans. Um, and it, and it, and it was something that I, I did not, and this is one thing that is hard about missions, I think, is you have to figure out what is the balance between, especially when you're like, how much do I allow the culture and the people here to have not control, but to have, you know, have the ability to indicate or direct what they're doing. And so like we went to three cities and each of those cities had a coordinator that I called a coordinator, someone that I point person that I worked with, to, I trusted in them to help me with, you know, what exactly they were going to do there, you know, what, what homes they were going to stay in. And so I, I took a very, I kind of carried things from the way I'd left them and just was like mostly hands off. These are people I'd worked before, trusted them. Uh, and they didn't do anything to break that trust, but at the same time, they made some decisions that were much more expensive than I thought they should have been or would have been. And I didn't figure it out until after the fact. And thankfully, they were prepared as in the American side. Uh, Southern Nazarene, SNU is the Southern Nazarene University is what mm -hmm. I'll just call them from now on. But SNU was prepared for that. They had an emergency fund 
which helped sustain us and got us to the end. Wow. Uh, you know, it was slim pickings by the end in terms of like <laughs> where we could go, what we could do. But for the most part, it worked out. Um, and we were, <laughs> we weren't, you know, begging on the street for, for funds to, you know, get gasoline for the van or anything. It wasn't yeah. that bad, okay. but we figured it out. That was probably the low. The high was, like I said, um, just getting to enjoy the, the cultures colliding. Um, there are things about, uh, Americans that, that don't always jive with Brazilians and vice versa. One of those <laughs> is Americans in general as, as a whole do not get close with strangers, do not hug, definitely do not kiss on the cheek or anything right. with strangers. You just don't walk up to someone and be like, right, Hey, right. you look nice. I'm going to kiss you on the cheek right. and, nah. and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Just get in there. Uh, Americans don't like that in general. And that's not just pandemic talking. That's right. like, that's always been the case right. Right. in my experience anyways, maybe some regions of the U S they're a little warmer and friendlier, but for the most part, the U.S. is a little awkward when it comes to how to interact. Do we shake hands? Do we nod at each other? Do we high five? Like, what do we do right. um, with people we don't know? Obviously, with family, we hug. And but even then, there are I know many American families that they don't even hug. They're just like, so <laughs> like they just kind of look at each other. I'm like, and it's worse now post pandemic. Right. So the high is you know the the really cool thing is when Americans are very resistant, or other Americans are like, ah. Oh, everybody's so warm and friendly and huggy and you just there's some aspect to human touch that i don't think we always realize is so important to fighting depression fighting wow. isolation mm-hmm. you know there are there are still you know suicides there are still depressed people in brazil but it's the statistics are far less than like in the us or in europe in some parts of europe where just individualism has reached the point where I have my space, you have yours. We do not cross that. Right. And people have gotten to the point where they're not comfortable and they're not willing to hug. They're not willing to touch each other. And that's unfortunate because we were made to to touch in a non-weird, non, right. you know, romantic way. <laughs> right. You know, I have I have brothers in Christ that kiss me on the cheek and I have no problem with it. It's they're my brothers. Right. Uh and there is no like uh, should we, shouldn't we? Like, why are we doing this? Like, you know, there's no question about it. And it's just, and, and the, the warmth and the joy that I feel in being in their presence is not even comparable, you know, no offense to Americans or people I know in the U S that I love and care for and that we hug. There's, there's just no comparison. Like it's just, and it's something that when I get to see a group of people who are either resistant or whatever, by the end, they're like, I feel so welcome. And I haven't felt that in a long time. I feel so like connected to people and haven't felt that. So getting to experience that, be a part of that, coordinate that is, ooh, that's a big high. And again, practice for heaven because you better be ready. There's going to be lots of hugging in heaven. There's going to be a lot of kissing. There's going to be a lot of togetherness, like people just holding on to each other. It's, it's just, that's going to be the way it is. So yeah. be prepared. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, you know, roughly something like that, you know, I'm, and you don't have to give me exact, but a, a, a group, you know, the size, I don't know how, what size that group was, but what does that, what does that cost? I mean, for a group to come from America to Brazil for how many weeks? You said, what, three weeks? I did a, this, so I, I usually with SNU, I do a three week. Um, this one mm-hmm. coming up this weekend is going to be a five day, five or six day. 
Um, so it ranges. It's usually between a week to three or four weeks. Yeah. Uh, a week, a week or a month. It usually, if you do more local, you know, work at witness does national and local programs, which are like a weekend a day. Um, it's just, it's all about missions. So right. it's, you can be, you can do missions quote unquote from like, you know, one city to another city. Right. Uh, and so, you know, one neighborhood to another neighborhood, really in some places it's that different. Yeah. Um, but it's it's so before it was about thirty dollars uh, for Brazil. This is specific to Brazil. There are other places that are way more expensive. There are other places that are way cheaper. But mm-hmm. in Brazil, it's it used to be thirty dollars a day uh, per person, like and that would cover food, transportation, uh, everything that would take care of the person and some people to translate and to help other Brazilians who were involved. They would get paid for and, and taken care of. And then on top of that, you have project money, which varies a lot it just depends on what project you're doing if it's construction if it's investing in a ministry uh supporting a ministry that's already running that kind of thing um and that can be anywhere from a thousand to ten thousand dollars on average uh or more depending on you know how much you're you're, you can invest Uh, but usually nowadays uh i've discovered and this is where i discovered it's no longer thirty dollars a day it's more like forty dollars a day which you know doesn't sound like a big jump, but that's like a quarter more of the price. And uh, when you do three weeks of, you know, $10 more per person, and then, and then the currency between the U S and Brazil is five times. So every one U S dollar is about five. Hey, ice, which is the Brazilian currency here. And so that, that just, it makes the gap huge. Like it's a huge difference. So yeah. And then, so then besides that is your plane ticket. Um, right. which can vary depending on how early you're searching for it when you when you purchase yeah. it and all that kind of stuff exactly yeah. but usually a plane ticket to brazil can run around 800 is a is a really good price a thousand's like the threshold where once it's past a thousand you're 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 paying an okay price but it's not the best it's usually sub thousand right. is what you're looking for uh just to give you some of the numbers yeah, of, uh, yeah how much yeah. it costs but i actually watched and i think they were in brazil i'm not sure i have to Go back and, and look at that uh, uh, Netflix uh, special again. But they, it was called Living on $40 a Day. Yeah. <laughs> and it was there was some guys they, they went to, and I don't know exactly where they were at. Um, I'm thinking it might have been Brazil, but it could be somewhere else. Uh, so don't quote me on that. But wherever they were, they were <laughs> living on $40 a day. Yeah. And they were like making it stretch <laughs> i mean yeah it was it was really interesting by the end of their trip man they were hey can you spare some change i mean it was <laughs> it was it was, it, was, it, 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 it was rough and so you know coming from america you think 40 dollars a day yeah we probably just gas and going to get something to eat have already exceeded right well, that's your problem. Yeah, if you go to get something to eat, you've already burnt through the forty dollars. You already burnt through it. Yeah, you know. So, so what is that? So, what is that like when you're there? You're there to focus on the mission, but maybe somebody's trying to, I don't know, treat it like a vacation. <laughs> you know, and it's like, mm. how do you keep them from? You know, thinking, oh, we're supposed to go here and go. No, we're here, you know, for this mission. 
And like you said, the group that you brought in, they were already trained for this. So mentally, spiritually, emotionally, they're coming yeah. in with the idea that this is what we're doing. But what sure. if someone's never done this before and they, they begin to struggle? I don't know if you've ever had that. Oh, yeah. Come in and they're like, whoa, this is rougher than what I expected. You know, what does that look like? <laughs> yeah, I think I think the one, you know, one of the things that it sounds obvious, but uh, maintaining a consistent devotional life while you're, you know, a prayer and devotional life while you're on the mission trip is it seems like it should be a no brainer, but right. you're in a new place. You're seeing new people. You're, you're, and you're a lot busier than you would be in your normal life uh, back in the, you know, the States for an example for these, this, uh, this group that I had. Um, so it's, it's actually can be tougher to maintain a, a devotional life, but it's so vital to keep you with the right mindset. You know, even though they're trained, there's still people in the group that kind of have the mindset or maybe they don't, they wouldn't say it's a vacation, right. but they act right. like, Oh, I right. don't like that. Oh, right. I don't want to do that. Like just, yeah. or just making a face like, Oh, this doesn't seem fun. It's like, that's not why you're here. That's not why you're here. Right. Yeah. And so, I, so give me, give me, give me, give me a, give me a day, give me a typical day. Okay. You know, for a person on a mission trip. So pretty much a typical day on a mission trip is you wake up, you have breakfast with your host family. Um, one of the things I try to do, and it's backfired sometimes, is I try to have, I try to do two by two, like two Americans in a Brazilian household. Um, sometimes I've had groups where they started out the trip all together in the church, kind of like a lock-in every day, which was dangerous yeah. because it was a lock-in and kids stayed up way too late. And then could barely wake up in the morning. Oh wow! Uh, and this is one that I wasn't the main one in charge. I was more partnering with them, and there is mm -hmm. like a consultant and help help with the the as a translator and that kind of stuff. So I, I couldn't just be like, "Hey, eleven o'clock, ten o'clock, we're going to bed." And <laughs> right, you're right. so that wasn't my call. So that was kind of hard to watch that and to see things unravel. But um, typically, you wake up in the morning seven, eight o'clock, have breakfast with your Brazilian family, uh, get to know them, chit chat, use Google translator, of course, because, uh, you, there's no guarantee you're going to get someone that speaks English. Right. Uh, and then from there, uh, meet at a location, whether at a church or a school. And then we, we do, uh, you know, in, in the case with this group, we usually had a ministry that we were working with that day, partnering with, um, and we supported that ministry by being available, giving, uh, uh, you know, giving a chance for the kids to practice English or to, you know, it's, it's crazy regardless of where the children are socioeconomically, that kind of right. thing. Uh, most Brazilians love to, to practice or learn or hear English. Like it's like their favorite foreign language. Uh, and that's probably thanks to like we were talking about earlier, Netflix, yeah, video right, games, right, movies, right. Marvel, whatever, Disney. Uh, that's just there's that connection where you know you have kids that walk up to the the students, the members of the team. They're like, "Do do you know?" Uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think something. The kids. Do you know? I'm I'm showing my age, but do you know Tom Cruise? Like something <laughs> like that. <laughs> right. You right. know. Which hey, Top Gun Maverick, possibly the best movie of 2022. Just throwing it was really good. There. It was really good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh but yeah, so you have some interactions. Most of the ministries 
focus I usually have is partnering with other Brazilians, uh, participating in the ministries they're already doing and supporting it uh, presentially. And then by the end of the day or end of the week, you the, the group has the opportunity to support it financially to invest in that in that ministry. Um, that was most of it. But if you're doing a construction site, you know, again, going to the site, doing some work till lunchtime, then we usually uh, the Brazilians will either make something or we'll go to a typical place where working people will go to eat something. Actually, one thing that's interesting that Americans have a hard time with is lunch is the biggest meal of the day. So we would go to a restaurant or they would provide, you know, rice, beans, vegetables, Mm -hmm. uh, a dessert, which sometimes the dessert would be quote unquote dessert would be oranges, like would be a fruit of some kind. Other times it would be cake or something like that. Um, And then usually that's all with Brazilians. So we usually try to have Brazilians working alongside uh, the American group. Uh, And then in the afternoon, kind of repeating that. Sometimes, depending on the location, we would go to a different site to work and interact with other Brazilians and other ministries. And then at night, we usually every other night would trade between a group activity or being with the host families. And that was, again, to give them the day in the life of a Brazilian to really be immersed and and learn because there are some contexts in which we put them with families that are associated with a Christian organization, but they're not necessarily Christian. Right. Um, and so it's a form of evangelism as well yeah. and getting to talk with them, pray with them, pray for them um, and that kind of stuff. So I, I would say the highest priority when I have groups here is relational evangelism is really connecting with people, spending time with people. Um, the work is secondary, the building or painting or cleaning up, uh, whatever you're doing, those buildings are going to fall down. Those buildings are going to, uh, need cleaned again, need right. painted again, but those relationships you form are, are eternal and, uh, or can be. So that's, that's pretty much, that's wow. pretty much the day in the life of a yeah, mission yeah. trip, at least one that I run. So, yeah, sounds good. Sounds good. And like you said, you know, you have the different projects and things that you're doing, but the biggest part is connecting, connecting with the people, yeah, connecting exactly. with, you know, those that, you know, like you said, you're going to know them for etern- eternity. That's, you know, this is, this is a bond that you're building. And like you said, if, if they're not Christians, this is a great opportunity to yeah. kind of uh, connect in that way. Um, so with uh, with those projects, so you talk about painting and buildings. What are some of the projects that people do when they come? Um, well, this last time uh, they worked with, let's see, one of the one of the weeks uh, they split their time between um, a church compassionate project in a neighborhood and uh, then with a school that is run by Christians, but is not officially Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, with the first church-run compassionate ministry, uh, they went into a neighborhood, and every Saturday they they do kind of like a, I'm trying to think what you call it, what you would call it. I don't even know what I call it in English or Portuguese in this moment, but they pretty much have a, a full morning into early afternoon of, kind of rotating the the kids into different um, focuses. So like there's a music class, there's a jujitsu class, Mm -hmm. there's a a sports or basketball or sport of the day class. Mm -hmm. Uh, They give them a snack. 
Um, and then they have like a devotional time, teach them a Bible verse. It's kind of like a, a long form vacation Bible school, but not with yeah. like a theme like, you know, God's the real superhero, nothing right, like that. Right, but right. but they sometimes have themes, but it's really to provide for kids in poor areas that don't get a snack, that barely get a meal. Uh, kids that aren't, you know, going to be learning anything outside of what public school offers, which is very limited sometimes. I've talked to people in public school where in their English class, for the four years they're in high school, they learn the verb to be, and wow. that's it. Like they that's don't... It. It doesn't go anywhere. They do the bare minimum. And that's not true for every teacher, not true for every public school, but it's the typical experience where they're not getting opportunities to learn. You know, there's no, in Brazil, there's no intramural uh, activities. There's no sports between schools. Uh, They play soccer, but nothing's really that organized. Right. Um, And so they need to provide, find a way to provide organized uh, and and good opportunities to teach them leadership skills, to teach them uh, things that aren't offered in school, in public school or in their neighborhood. So, so that's, that's one of the things they were a part of. So that's even with, you know, missionaries coming to Brazil for these many, many years, there's still not, there still seems like there's a lot, a lot to, that needs to be done. A lot of work. Yeah. To, yeah. In terms of missionaries, there's not as much. The The church is very developed, self-sufficient. Um, on my side of things, I and that's why I focus on, on mainly bringing Americans and connecting the cultures, mm-hmm. um, because there's not really anyone here in the country that, that does that very much um, and or in a very consistent, organized way. So that's kind of where my role comes in and where I get the opportunity to, to do that. But uh, yeah, there are still areas that that uh, that need consistent care, that need consistent interaction and love and um, that kind of thing. And then there are other areas of Brazil, honestly, that, you know, the first city that I lived in uh, called Campinas, it, it had it has around 55 Nazarene churches of, wow. of the denomination I'm a part of wow. in a city of a million and a half, which is a lot because then I went to another city that only had 30,000 people, but it only had one Nazarene church. And then I now live in Sao Paulo that has in the greater area, like inner and outer city has around 20 million people and only has around 25 Hmm. Nazarene churches. So like it's, it's really varied. There's a lot of Pentecostal churches. There's a lot of Baptist churches. um, There's a lot of universal churches. There's a lot of, there's some, Latter-day Saints, there's a variety of churches and wow. religions, and there's a mosques, a, a variety of mosques, and uh, Brazil is really a melting pot of cultures. Um, it's yes. something that is always eye-opening for the people that come to Brazil uh, to discover that the largest population of Germans outside of Germany is in Brazil. Hmm. The largest population of J- Japanese outside of Japan, also Brazil. Um, really? Yeah, it's kind of like the mirror to... The U.S., where the largest population of Chinese outside of China is in the U.S., and the largest population of Italians outside of Italy is in the U.S. as well. So we're very similar in that fact with the Brazilian people in this that melting pot of cultures. And you get to taste. I mean, I've had German food. I've had Italian. I've had Japanese. Uh, lots of different foods that I didn't even have in the U.S. when I lived there. Uh, granted, I'm from West Virginia, where, you know, 
our exotic food is something you, you know, pick up off the road, <laughs> pick the gravel out of and cook it up. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 No, that, that, that's, a, that's amazing. And I, and I, and I think at the end of the day, just knowing that, you know, there's somebody out there like you, that's trying to connect the cultures, that's trying to, you know, bring people together of diverse cultures, you know, I think it's important because how, how else would anybody, you know, get there without that connector, you know, you kind of be in that connector. Yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a major deal. That's a big deal. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's, I'm, I'm working to not just connect people, but also to bring balance because if people's only connection to like a, if a Brazilian's only connection to the U S is Netflix and the news, <laughs> right. their view of the U.S. is totally yeah, distorted. But, and right. it's the same and the other like, way around. And it's like, the same the other way around, yeah. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Americans being like, oh, they speak Spanish there, right? And I'm like, right. nope, nope, never have they ever spoken Spanish. <laughs> but thanks for asking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> thanks for having interest. And so um, being out there since, what time, when did you go out there? 2012, 2011? Yep. 2012. Yeah. 2012. Um, and I think I asked this before. And so since we've last talked, you actually have had a chance to come back into the States yeah. and, and, and visit. How did it feel? How did it feel to, to come back and, you know, and see what it looked like over here and then go back home? <laughs> yeah. Well, outside of the weather, it was it was nice to visit. <laughs> I won't belabor that one anymore. Uh, we we arrived in the middle of December and we stayed till about the j- middle of January. We got a good solid, you know, four. Now weeks. you what 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 city were you in? What what state? Yeah, so we were we visited uh, Ohio. Is Ohio. where oh, my wife's. Yeah. So you, so you got majority. You got some snow. You got some snow in Ohio. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we got some family that lives in Ohio and West Virginia. We have family that lives in other parts of the U.S., but those were the two areas we had time because we also interjected a uh, right at the end a trip to Disney World because oh. our kids were at the just at the right age to where you know our daughter uh, hadn't turned; she was eleven at the time. Mm-hmm. Son was had just turned nine, and I was like, we wait too much longer. Uh, there, our daughter's going to be too old for it and it's just going to ruin it. So it was the perfect age, exciting, loved it. We definitely got COVID while we were there. Um, <laughs> as is tradition with anyone, I think that spends too much time in Florida. So, uh, it was good. It was a good trip. It was, I, I mean this in the most lovingly way possible that us is now a nice place to visit. It's, <laughs> it's now it's it's now a place where we have our friends, we have our family that we love to see, but we've gotten accustomed to just the cultural yeah. differences, I guess, or the even just the the ways of life, the ways of now. I will say that I live in the city of Sao Paulo. It's too big for me. I'm only here because God made me come here because circumstances, because our kids' education. Uh, was a factor as well. And the school here is uh, a non-denominational school that that provides uh, both American and Brazilian education to our kids. And so for my wife and I, that was something that we, you know, just decided together that that was a priority. And we really feel like God opened the doors for us to be here. She's a teacher there. 
I'm now remembering that when you asked about me and my family, I only talked about myself. Sorry, Mindy, Natasha, and James. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I love you, and uh, they're they're doing great. They all they go to school five days a week. Uh, my my wife teaches uh, AP psychology, literature, and uh, regular English. Um, my daughter is a basketball, soon to be basketball star. Uh, also plays soccer for her team. Nice. She had a she had a breakout game this last week where she brought the team from behind. Wow! And uh, they, <laughs> she she was the four point difference that made them going from losing to winning. Wow. And uh, she's in seventh grade. It was awesome. Like it was a proud daddy moment. But uh, yeah. yeah. And then my son is he's like a mini me. I play video games with him the most. Uh, talk about nerdy stuff the most. You know he's he's. He's just a little ball of energy. He's the only difference between him and I is he's got red hair and he's got the emotions and to match. Like he's just a ball of fire. So, yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, that's good. I'm glad you circled back to the family. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got to include the fam. <laughs> um, so, yeah. You know, what's interesting, I think, uh, when we had talked last time, um we were talking about how things were so restricted what does it look right. like now as far as covid and all that kind of stuff how's it, what's going on out there now um i think now it's it's become more of an endemic i think is the term that we would use where it's just a way of life uh yeah. i took my son actually to uh a clinic the other day and he he had a cough and it was kind of barking cough mm -hmm. and we were like we we can't just ignore this he doesn't have a fever he doesn't have really any other symptoms but man when that hits your chest it just doesn't sound good so uh we took i took him to a clinic and uh that the first thing they did was say we got to test him for covid and i'm like oh right that's right. definitely still a thing i just totally i don't even think about it i'm like his kids in his class like kids in his class and my daughter's class have had cases of uh influenza Mm -hmm. and and stuff like that wow okay yeah so i was just like i thought we were going to go in that direction but they were like nope we got a test for covid and they're like no he's good they listened to his lungs they listened to him talked to him and he was you know they're like just keep taking cough syrup it should clear up in a few days so yeah i i would say for the most part like i said other than hospitals and uh um public transit people you know don't wear masks um uh, people have gone back to hugging and kissing as is Brazilian. There are some people that, you know, have, are a little more apprehensive about it. A lot more people shake hands, right. um, uh, than, than I think used to overall. So it has created a little bit of distance between people relationally and at least in terms of how they interact with each other, uh, as you know, neighbors, as it were to use one of your buzzwords. Um, That's it. But yeah. So <laughs> So, yeah, so I would say it's gotten the new normal is where it is now. Okay, okay, okay. Um, now, I think uh, we had talked probably uh, through text message over the summer. You had a you had a friend that was coming in. To yeah. Visit, and um, he had kind of a little ordeal with maybe COVID, maybe not COVID, <laughs> you oh, know, man. type situation. What a trying mess. Trying to come yeah. in. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah, my yeah, my buddy Patrick, he uh he writes me, he's like, Hey man, I just gotta dick this this COVID test and then I'll be good to go. Like I'm gonna be packed up, I'm gonna 
go. Here we go. And he calls me and I'm like, um, that's, this isn't good. Why is he calling me? <laughs> it should have right. just been a message. Hey, right. negative COVID. Right. And he's like, uh, they say I have COVID and I don't have COVID. I don't know what to do. He said, they say I have COVID and I don't have COVID. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I have no symptoms whatsoever. Like I feel, I feel fine. I feel great. There's nothing happening. Wow. And it said he had COVID. So he got a second opinion. His family doctor uh, took care of him, did another COVID test and it came back negative. <laughs> and, uh, and what's funny is he had started with a, one of the, I think it's the PCR where it's l like a 48 hour test. Yeah. You send it in and it takes up to 48 hours. And that one didn't, that one was, it was getting delayed for some reason. And so he did a rapid test with that same company and that's when it came back positive. And then he did the rapid test with his family doctor, negative, and that's all he needed. Just one document that said negative. Right. He came here a day later, the company's original test with the PCR said, hey, by the way, you don't have COVID. And he's just like, well, thanks. That should have been two days ago. What right. They're like, yeah, we found it. We found your sample in our refrigerator or somewhere laying around. Laying around. And that's like, well, not using you guys anymore for any kind of testing. So, oh, man. Yeah. We had a good time, though. He, it, was, it was great to have him here. And uh, just to introduce a friend to my neck of the woods. Yeah. Uh, somebody yeah. I know, someone that's not there because it's a church program or right. mission trip. Someone I you know know personally it was just so cool. Be like, look, this is this is my best friend. Like this is like getting <laughs> to introduce Brazilians and American or right. Brazilians to my friend Patrick. Uh, it was it was so good. Yeah, bringing them into your element. You know. Yeah. yeah exactly. A beautiful thing. I'm like, well, I, I'm glad that I'm glad that worked out because I remember getting a text message from you like, hey, we need to pray because I don't know what's going on. Yeah. Kind of goofy right now. They're saying he has COVID. Oh, man. So uh, it was good to hear that 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 worked out and he got yep. to come and experience, you know, Brazil and hang out. And uh, I think so. What would you so being in Brazil, what are the things that make Brazil, Brazil for you? Mm. Like, like, hey, this this is Brazil. You know, like when people come to Colorado, it's the mountains, right? Right. You, know, you got to check out the mountains. You got to yeah. hit the slopes and ski, you know. Yeah. It's like, what are those, what are the things for Brazil for you um, that make Brazil, Brazil? Um, I would say... That's a, that's a, that's a tough question. <laughs> I'm speaking honestly. Uh, I think what makes Brazil, Brazil, one is a, a, a passion for discovery. Mm. Um, I feel like they are fascinated by everything and mm. like where I could talk about, I don't know, I could talk about, I can't even think of a specific example, but where I would talk about, uh, I don't know, something happened to high school with an American and be like, Oh yeah, that happened to me too. It's cool. And you talk to a Brazilian about it and they're like, wow, really? That's cool. What else happened? Like they're, they're totally engaged in conversation. Um, I would say the most, some of the most, it's not across the board, but some of the most publicly warm people that mm -hmm. you can like, even like in traffic, you, you know, people cut you off, people get angry. I mean, I, I, I get some road rage and I've encountered Brazilians that get road rage, but for the most part, 
even like the people get out of the car and they're like, sorry. Yeah, me too. Yeah. So there's traffic in Brazil? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, yeah. Man. <laughs> oh, don't get me started on that. I could go a long time. I have to pray. I have to pray a lot for motorcyclists and their salvation and my level of tolerance for them because <laughs> the way it works here, you have your lanes of traffic and then you have motorcycles that can just go anywhere. They go on sidewalks, they go in between traffic, they go around cars like bobbing and weaving. Wow. Um, they fill in the empty space at a red light. Like there's not so like, they just right don't, next to you they don't like... wait in line. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they, they'll knock your mirror back. Like, oh man. <laughs> and then they'll blame you. They'll blame you for not being far enough over, not giving them enough space. <laughs> oh, they'll shake their heads at you, judge you. Oh, it's, oh, yeah. Wow. I have to, I have to pray. And which meant it's not a bad thing. Have, you know, wanting to pray more when I'm driving. <laughs> You know, praying for their souls, praying that they learn some kind of lesson that doesn't kill them, but that also <laughs> humbles them, you know, that kind of stuff. But yeah, with Brazilians, I, I would say the, the the excitement of discovery, passion is definitely uh, a thing with uh, the people. They just live by passion and they get excited about life. Uh, I would say they're, they're a people about the journey, not the destination. Right. Uh, oftentimes, and I think that's a lot of what makes Brazil special is also what makes just, I think, Hispanics and Latin America special is just in terms of Americans don't like how, you know, maybe things don't start on time or my father-in-law, when he's lived with us and, and visited again, uh, it drives him crazy. He always wants to get there early and then nobody's there. <laughs> they haven't even unlocked the doors to the church, <laughs> uh, even though it's supposed to start in 10 minutes, whatever the service <laughs> or thing going, uh, uh, they're just about the journey. And most of the time when people are late for something, it's not because they're lazy or anything. They were talking to someone or right. they were focused on something else. Helping and, somebody uh, on the side of the yeah. road, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, I would say just passion, relationships. That's And then uh, an appreciation for uh, appreciation for you know food in a relational aspect. So yeah. they don't just eat to eat. Having a they meal eat. together. Yeah. yeah, having a meal together, which can get you into trouble because every time you visit with a Brazilian, they provide food. Or, or if you don't provide food, they'll provide food. So not, food's always present. <laughs> yeah, unless you, as long as you're not meeting with multiple Brazilians a day. If you're just meeting with one Brazilian a day. <laughs> right. But if you're like, you know, as a, as a pastor or missionary, I've sometimes accompanied other pastors and you get filled up with a lot of coffee, a lot of cake. Not, <laughs> by the end, you got the, you got the shakes. Oh, you gotta, man. you gotta be like, uh, can I just, I'll just have some water. Thank you. Now what's a, what's a church service look like, um, in Brazil? So that is one where I think the Brazilians sometimes don't venture very far outside of tradition, outside of the norm. It pretty much is just, it's, it's pretty much a modern worship set, except the sermons are twice as long. Um, they will, they will preach sermons 45 minutes to an hour easy. And I would say halfway, if not a third of the way through that one hour sermon, my brain has melted because I just can't process everything they're saying. Cause it's like nonstop. And, uh, but pretty much they have a very dynamic, uh, worship service most of the time, like clapping and dancing and right. wow. moving. It's very rare that you go into a church where everybody's just 
singing right. and nothing else is moving. It's everything. Everybody's moving. The church is moving. Uh, it's a very active experience. Uh, worship is very emotional, um, very heartfelt uh, most of the time. So, uh, yeah, I would say that's a unique aspect of it. Those are the two unique aspects maybe is is passionate worship and then very passionate, long-winded sermons <laughs> that, uh, you know, are very dynamic at times and very passionate, but other times it's just like you just preached three sermons. So maybe next time split that up, focus, <laughs> focus yourself. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I had uh, watched this video one time of someone going over to, I don't know if it was China or Japan to preach. And they said, well, what should I preach? And they said, well, just preach the Bible. And <laughs> yeah, this preach started in Genesis and went for about four hours and they took a break and he came back and preached another four hours. <laughs> and they're like, what is going on? Why do they want us to preach so long? Because well, over there, they didn't have Bibles. And so yeah. basically this was their opportunity yeah. to hear the Bible, you know? Yeah. Um, and there might be here in Brazil, that might be a kind of a, like I said, what was tradition preaching a long time. Cause this was like, this is the only time they're going to hear and be totally engaged in the word. And I'll tell you what, I find that Brazilians overall, their attention span, at least based on their look, like in their ability to like pay attention, it's much better than mine or my American <laughs> brother. Like, mine. yeah, like I get the, I get the dozing off elbow from my wife when I'm like, <laughs> like dozing off. She's like, stop it. Quit dozing off. Pinch yourself, chew some gum, do something. Right. You're embarrassing you know? me. <laughs> You're embarrassing. Yeah. Even after you've been out there a while, your tolerance hasn't grown. You know, no. <laughs> he said no. He said no. no. I mean, I guess it has a little bit, but I still have my moments. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, passionate worship, um, energetic. That that would make sense to me because I think you know, for the most part, in America, you know, that type of everybody sit and listen and be quiet. Yeah, that's probably more American than anywhere else. I think if you go anywhere else in the world, there's going to be a lot more enthusiasm and engagement, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah, just and you, because. You, you know? mentioned the being quiet during the, the sermon or during the service. Oh, my goodness. There have been times where I've just wanted to turn around and look at people in the congregation and be like, can you stop talking to each other? <laughs> He's, this, this pastor, this, this speaker is like pouring their heart out or talking, and they're just like, oh, we're just talking about whatever over here because, you know, it's relationship again, the nearest vicinity. Hey, I haven't seen you at all this week. Let's talk while during the service. So, yeah, it's uh, and then kids, I mean. I've never heard anyone I've well, I've hardly seen anyone shush a kid like they just they distract them with something or whatever. But uh, you just got to deal with it. But they won't say be quiet, be quiet. No. Yeah. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. Well, uh, let's bring this thing in for a landing. Yeah. If OK, if you know, if someone was um, wanting to um, take a mission trip to brazil and maybe they weren't a part of your denomination how would they go about doing that where would they get information how would they get out how would they set that up it's a good question a very good question um i think the best option would be uh to kind of do something that 
uh, they they need to build uh, one. They need to build a relationship with someone <laughs> in the other country because <laughs> right. uh, you have to have someone to receive you right. and to vouch for you. Like you know, when you do customs forms, you have to give an address. You don't want to give like a hotel address or whatever. Um, but I would say that you would want to find out whether it's in your friends group or your church group or whatever who has a connection to somewhere in some country whatever that country it doesn't have to be brazil but right what is the connection and if there's and it doesn't matter it can be somebody's cousin you just you got to have <laughs> one you got to have it's not about you can't just go to the country and just be like we're here we want to help let's go because right. <laughs> you know real mission should be I know there's a time and place for, you know, going out pioneering, but in most countries, that's not really a good idea anymore. You want to be more sensitive to the needs, yeah. the, you know, give an opportunity for an invitation. I think one thing that, that has to happen for the church in general, and one thing that I've been pushing more in, in the denomination I'm a part of is making missions more reciprocal, um, making it so that both sides are giving and receiving it's not just about those who have helping those who don't have. Uh, that's a very old mentality. And I think that that's not just missions. That should be mission. That should be like, not just, you know, missions that I'm doing missions. That should be like evangelism. That should be, right. that should be relationship. Like relationships should be reciprocal. And so uh, I would, I would try to try to work that connection to the point of understanding what do they need how can we help them? How can we serve them with also thinking, what do they have to offer? What, do, what can we learn? And a lot of that, you're not going to learn until you're here. Um, but yeah, getting a contact in a country, whatever country that is, and then just Googling your, what you, I mean, it's better to use an organization mainly for like insurance and stuff, but yeah. I am sure. And unfortunately, because I've just worked with a denomination, I don't have a good link or, suggestion but i'm sure if you googled international insurance uh or even if you talk to the person who's you know because like it when people come to brazil honestly you don't really have to come with insurance because uh they have social health and it actually works pretty well i've used it for at least half of the time i've been here mm -hmm. with little to no issue so push comes to shove if a country you know if you're knowledgeable enough of it or the person you talk to you trust their opinion, you know, I would say you, you just, you kind of at least cover all your bases, you get what you need. And uh, in terms of insurance, in terms of doing your homework and what's, you know, looking up the CDC guidelines, looking up all that stuff to, you know, what, what, uh, vaccines and things you need to be in the country and not put yourself at risk or put the people of the country at risk. Uh, but yeah, I would say that's, those are just, I guess, a couple tips on how to do that, not connected through your church. Once you're connected through a church, it can be a little easier, but also more complicated to work through all the red tape and the the processes and things. Nice, uh, nice, personally nice. speaking, if I were doing a mission trip on my own with some buddies, I would just get a tourist visa to say, hey, we're coming here to tour the country and then visit whoever that contact is and then go from there. Like, right. obviously you want to you don't want it to be like, Hey, we're here, but you know, make a plan with them. Right, right. right. As long as you got a couple people on each side that, that have an expectation and understanding of what is going to, what should happen, what's going to happen. You can accomplish a lot. So. Yeah. Yeah. Do you need to be familiar with, you know, maybe some basic, uh, 
basic law, basic rules, you know, in other countries or, you know, or is that just something that you'll figure out once you get there? Yeah, I think with basic laws and, and like what's expected, you can do research, but that you would want to rely on your whoever that contact is. That's why I'd say yeah, try to find any contact. And even if they're not a reliable contact, they probably know someone that's reliable within the country. So uh, you can rely a lot on your hosts to help with that. I would say the big thing you would want to do is to find out, learn some of the language, learn some of their history, learn some of what's their current events that's been going on, you know, um, and go in with just a, uh, both a, a, a learner and a, an interested mindset to where you want to, you, you're, you're wanting, like Brazilians love when Americans come and speak the language. Of course they giggle and it's funny. You have an accent. Right. We have an accent. I don't say you have, I still have an accent. Uh, but they're very understanding. They're very forgiving of mispronunciations and, and really bad language speaking. They just appreciate yeah. that someone's trying to learn their language. So yeah, it's uh, I, I think it's I don't know. I was kind of surprised that you were able that you have kept your. <laughs> I've also been surprised, you know, that and being there so long and knowing that yeah. you probably have to speak the language, you know, a lot. You're you're. Yeah, you don't seem like it. I would never know. <laughs> right. Know? Yeah. And a lot know. of that comes down to gifting too. Like, you know, we could we could have, and I'm sure you've already had a podcast talking about the gift of tongues, but yeah. from the mindset of just speaking other languages, the gift of tongues is something that needs to be present for you to really pick it up. My wife has a gift of tongues. I do not. I have the gift of uh, having no shame. And just <laughs> being a bull in a china shop and just being myself and just saying whatever comes out of my mouth and learning through mistakes. That's my spiritual gift. <laughs> I don't think that's biblical, but I'm just gonna <laughs> I'm just gonna call it that. <laughs> uh, we'll, 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 we'll call it uh, we'll call it boldness. Yes, boldness. The, the, the spiritual yeah. gift of boldness. You're right. Yeah. Amen to that. <laughs> Amen. Well, uh, Lucas, man, this has been great. This is yeah. I'm hoping that we kind of gave people a glimpse into yeah. you know unless you go there unless you experience it you can't really fully you know grasp it but hopefully we gave people kind of just a look at what it's like to to be a missionary to maybe go and take a mission trip and maybe we gave them a little bit of information to kind of get them started if they want to yeah for sure try so if you could pray for our listeners uh, those that are have a heart for missions and that uh, may desire that god would open that door and bless them I would, I would love to. Amen. Let's pray. Father, right now, I want to thank you for this opportunity to talk with Anthony, to have a chance to share a little bit about what you're doing um, through my family and I in Brazil. And uh, God, right now, I just want to pray for um, the Love Thy Neighbor community, the people listening right now. Uh, God, maybe uh, there are some uh, that are listening right now that have felt a pulling on their heartstrings or a desire to look more into being a missionary or going uh, to their to the far ends of the earth for the gospel. And God, right now, I pray for those who who have felt that and just pray, God, that you would make your will clear and uh, you would give them wisdom, uh, that you would help them to... Um, to just be guided by your presence, be guided by your truth, that you would bring people into their lives, God, to walk alongside them, 
to guide them, Lord, and to uh, help them, God, to take steps of faith towards that, even if that's just talking about it with someone else and praying about it and acknowledging that call. I pray that you would be with them in that, God. And, and others that maybe don't think they have a call, God, but uh, would would still want to go somewhere. God, I just pray that you would give wisdom, that you would give guidance, that you would open doors and give opportunity, Lord. And and uh, for all of us, God, I just pray that we would all have opportunities, God, to leave our comfort zone, to leave our culture, uh, even if it's just our family or our day-to-day life culture and, and enter into the lives of someone else um, whose culture we don't understand, whose way of life we don't get. Uh, God, I just pray that you would give us opportunities to do that, even on a, a local level, whether in the U.S., Brazil, or other countries, God. And so, God, I lift all those up who are listening today and ask that you guide them to see uh, and understand how they can be salt and light for you. In Jesus' name we pray all these things. Amen. 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 Well, it's definitely been a pleasure. <clears throat> you, guys that are, you guys that are listening, remember to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Thanks again, Lucas. Uh, Till next time. <laughs> Até mais.